It's my turn to start. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your cursed speech user, Soup. And I'm your international ballerina star disguised as a ninja, Gozaru Renu. This week, AT stands for Absolute Territory, because we'll be wrapping up the fall 2020 season. But before we get into that, what have we been up to? Um, it's been quite, quite a while. It has been um, at least a month, I think, since we last recorded, because we recorded that last episode quite, quite far in advance. We did, and now we've had a whole slew of holidays. We've had, um, <laughs> we ha- we've, we seem to have had an entire year passing between, <laughs> between that point and now. And I don't uh-huh. even mean that in the kind of like joking way that, uh-huh. that people do. It's like, oh, I'll see you next year. Next year. <laughs> oh, it's been years Ooh. since I've seen you. <laughs> right? No, I mean, literally, the amount of things that have happened since we recorded that episode to now could could be the event sort of timeline for an entire year of things. Yeah, it feels like we as a public have aged a year within the course of a month. Yeah, you know, we, we thought we were entering 20, 2021 like a year older, you know, a year wiser, but instead we, we entered 2021 <laughs> and we, we aged like 10 years. We were like, oh my god. <laughs> and it has only gotten more disastrous since. Um, it kind of feels like when you finish like a really hard video game and you're like, yay, I did it. And then they release the DLC for that game. And you're like, well, it can't be that bad. And you enter it and it's like eight times harder. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes it sound like we opted into it, right? Like the DLC, you like kind of like. Okay. You no, yeah, you're it. right. It's like they yeah. patched in another another secret yeah. ending. It's like, it's like Persona 4 Golden where they're like, <laughs> by the way, here's your super secret final ending. <laughs> And then the hard dungeon and the hard boss and everything that comes with it. <laughs> and then you fight God. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's an important part of every JRPG and and part of growing up really is to to fight and kill God, attack and dethrone <laughs> God. <laughs> um. So yeah, what what have you been up to, Renu? Um. So I spent the holidays uh driving. <laughs> Uh, 15 and a half hours to go oh, see my folks. Yeah. Um, halfway across our, our wonderful country. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to go see them. Um, uh, we had a very small family gathering. Um, half our family, you know, stayed home for obvious reasons. And then, uh, I just wanted to, you know, see my parents and stuff like that since it's been over a year since I've seen family. So, that was really mm-hmm. nice, and I got to see some friends as well. Um, we all stayed safe, wearing masks and socially distancing, of course. Of course, of um, course. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was good. Um, aside from cozy family friend time, I uh, played a lot of games. Nice. Um, I uh, I got a Switch um, for myself for Christmas. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know you didn't have one. 
Yeah, I didn't have one. And so then I asked my friends, like, if they wanted to get me a, a Christmas gift to get me um, some games. And so they did. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so they got me Animal Crossing New Horizons and Pokemon Sword. Um, so uh, those have been really great. It's my first time playing an Animal Crossing game. Mm, so nice. it's been a whole experience. Yeah, I've been playing it, like, every day since then. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like a very, like, Renu kind of game. Oh, yeah, I like, definitely. I feel like it's, like, very, like, your speed. Yes. <laughs> well, some of it is, like, a bit too, like, uh, I don't want to say slow, but it's, like, a little bit too tedious. You know, certain things yeah, that could be yeah. shored up, you know? Um, I, I know exactly wise. what you mean, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, played a, I've played a couple of Animal Crossing mm-hmm. games in my day, and mm-hmm. sometimes the, the progression... Um, is is like a little bit like it's a it's a bit much because you know some of the things require you to like literally wait for the next day and you're like I don't wanna <laughs> right you're right I just want to play the game and there is of course yeah. the intentionality of the game developers being like I don't we only want you to play a little bit every day and we we keep it at the slow pace for a reason and make things tedious for a reason and uh, <laughs> I yeah, don't know yeah. if I agree with it or not but. Either way, it's a successful game, and I've been enjoying it. So, nice, um, nice. yeah, uh, I've played like I think an hour or two of Pokemon Sword, and that's been um, pretty nice so far. Like, mm-hmm. uh, haven't ob- obviously haven't delved super into it, but like it looks good. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. I I remember when I I, I picked up. Um... Uh, Pokemon Sword upon launch, because um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, it's very funny, kind of like uh, reminiscing about it now. But like you and I, sort of know each other because of Pokemon. Yeah. And so every time a new one comes out, I'm like, ooh, a Pokemon game. And like, legitimately, at this point in my life, um, I do still have like way too much knowledge about like Pokemon and like all the kind of weird <laughs> intricacies about about Pokemon. Um, uh-huh. And. Um, but at this point, the the knowledge is kind of like fading as I'm I'm like kind of gradually becoming becoming an adult. So like sometimes, uh, I will like it will take me a little bit to be able to like recall what a Pokemon's name is, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting old. I I don't know what a I don't know what a what a, what a Piplup is anymore. Like how Bro. how am I gonna survive if I don't have the the knowledge of Bidoof stored in my head at all times? <laughs> Dude, I. I I know I'm old because I only know like maybe a quarter of the Pokemon that exists. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, still, I will I will play everyone that ever everyone that comes out. Um, nice, mind you. Uh, because you know, I mean, uh, you gotta like. It's <laughs> I, every time every time one comes out, I like get sucked into it for like a week, and then I'm like, cool, that was like really fun. Um, it was not. Like, you know, I, as kind of somebody who has, has grown up and has, um, you know, tastes that have uh, matured into a very specific kind of thing that I want out of, like, a, a game, um, sometimes the story can be a little disappointing, which is kind of sad because they, they put a little bit more story into every single one, but it's, like, so slow, and it's never as much as you want, mm-hmm. so you're like, yeah. Eh. Uh, but you know it's not that's not the point of it so like you right. still enjoy it along the way because you're like oh, right. i'm gonna i'm gonna make a team of my cool favorite pokemans and and go on my journey um yeah and that and that kind of stuff is fun um there's like an element of like role playing to it that i do really enjoy um i like that they they add a lot of customer uh, character customization every time um mm-hmm. 
and yeah, I mean, honestly, I've I've enjoyed every Pokemon game that's that's come out. Um, I think nice. probably the uh uh what was it fifth gen? I think fifth gen had the best story overall, but uh, oh. each one has been pretty pretty fun. Um, how was how was your experience been? You're only like an hour in. I think that's still in like the tutorial zone, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I so I just I guess unlocked the Dynamax, whatever. The the one where you bigify your Pokemon. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just I guess unlocked that possibility. And so now nice. I can go to like campgrounds or whatever and nice. Nice. do that. But I haven't obviously gotten into it yet. Yeah. And yeah. It is it is interesting that they, they introduce a new like kind of like gimmick every every generation. I think my uh-huh. favorite is still Mega Evolution though. I think that was still oh. the most interesting one. Hmm. Yeah, cause cause the Dynamax one is like cool, cause it's like ooh big Pokemon, but um, <laughs> like there's kind of a lot of different issues with the the way that it's implemented that are really annoying, and it's exacerbated mm. by the fact that like Nintendo's uh like Pokemon specifically has always had the worst online functionality of of any video game I've ever played, and, <laughs> and like this is coming from this is coming from somebody who like fiddled with like Dark Souls's uh online compatibility features because like one and two have really really bad bad online online functionality but like pokemon is somehow worse i Um, have thankfully i guess not delved super deeply into the pokemon online features and so i haven't really noticed but yeah i can definitely see why (laughs) well it it was annoying because um when you fight the like dynamax pokemon in like the wild Uh um Uh they're like raids so like you have to have like a bunch of um people with you Um, oh but uh the thing is if you don't have people with you they'll put npcs in but the npcs are really really bad sure (laughs) so you're and and that wouldn't be a problem otherwise because you're like, well, that's fine. My Pokemon is like, you know, strong enough. Except if if too many of them get knocked out, you you end the raid, like you raid wipe. <gasps> so like if if I think like two or three Pokemon get fainted, you, you raid wipe. Oh my god! So it's like it's like a matter of like making sure that either you can like burst this thing down before it kills your friends, or like k- trying to keep them alive long enough for them to do anything. And it's oh god, it's so much. What? That's so stressful and dumb. Yeah. It's yeah. not even your fault if you. Lose. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> difficult. Um, I I will say I also don't like the way like Gigantamax was was uh implemented because it's um. It's implemented in a way where only certain Pokemon have have can have Gigantamax forms, right? The like special okay. Dynamax forms, yeah. And they're really cool, but you can't like transfer it to anybody. That's not an ability that you can like give to somebody, um, mm. to to one of your Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, like it was like Mega Evolution, where you could just give them like the Mega Rock, and oh then right, you can right, Mega Evolution them, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, for Gigantamax, it's like it's innate to the Pokemon, so you have to catch. A Gigantamax Pokemon, mm-hmm. which is you know kind of annoying because you're like, well, right. I like raised this Pokemon from right. like level two. I want to make it bigify <laughs> and cool. Why can't it be big. bigify cool? Yeah, <laughs> it it just feels like a kind of a kick yeah. in the teeth, and I don't think it was sure. implemented very well. Anyway, that's sure. my rant about Gigantamax aside. Sure, no, um, I get it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you're uh, glad you're enjoying your Switch. 
Yeah, no, it's been great. I really like it. I also um, tried out the Monster Hunter Rise demo um, mm, like nice. this past Friday, and I played it with uh, some people on stream because it has online functionality already. Um, and yeah, it's it's fun. I think I'm looking right. forward to when it actually releases, I think in March. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. Um, have you played Monster Hunter? Um, I have not played an, an, an a massive amount of Monster Hunter. I played a little bit of like the 3DS demo, but that was kind okay. of awful because like um, Monster Hunter really is a game meant to be played with two two joysticks, and the 3DS <laughs> only had one. Um, I, <laughs> I I will say that I think the um, it's one of those games that I've always wanted to play because it's like such a big thing in, oh, yeah. in Japan, and like yeah. all of the anime that you watch is like, oh yeah, like the the <laughs> game that people are always playing is always fucking Monster Hunter, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it looks it looks like fun, but I um on. Kind of, I guess, a similar spectrum. It, it it looks like it feels a lot like, um, funnily enough, it looks it looks like it feels a lot like Dark Souls in how it plays, um, and oh. how like all of the weapons have like kind of this like very specific like move set and weight to them. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have been playing a lot of Dark Souls recently, and I yeah. think Monster Hunter would be kind of a fun, cool thing to do. But it's also like money. <laughs> And, like, I would want to convince my friends to get it also. And they would have to get it. And then we'd have to play together. I mean, I would say, I think if you, I guess because you enjoy Dark Souls, I mean, this might be, like, a nice little tangent of that. Right, right. right. Because you're you're fighting monsters specifically, and and it's a a lighter aesthetic, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, the the multiplayer is a lot of fun. Um, you can have a max of four people in your crew, including yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you end up getting into it, I'll, I'll play with you. <laughs> Thanks, Renny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I will, but yeah. I think it's but, definitely yeah. worth a shot. If you want, well, I don't know. The demo is kind of a little bit hard to get into because it doesn't explain any of the weapon stuff to you. Mm-hmm. But it does explain some of their new features. Um, one of which, one of which is, you can actually ride the monsters now. Oh my god! It's insane. What? <laughs> it is like the most exciting thing, aside from the fact that not only can you, you've always uh, been able to have like a a cat companion, right, called a palico. Um, well, I, I I don't know if you've always always been able to, but that's been a mm-hmm. thing. But now this time you can also have a doggo companion, and it's the best. <laughs> nice. So you can have dog, you can have cat, and you can ride monster. That's that's the big new stuff. Roll up with the game. squad. The squad, exactly. <laughs> Good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's been fun. Uh, I also played uh, Phasmophobia for the first time. Uh huh. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know that's definitely your type of game, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely my type of game in that it's extremely not at all, even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it's been a lot of fun. I've obviously I've been getting carried by my friends who have been playing it for weeks now. Um, right. But right. Yeah, they they've been teaching me really well, and so I've slowly been picking up on all the mechanics and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And the fact that it's made by 
a singular dude is really oh, quite really? astonishing. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I Yeah. <laughs> I, to this day, actually know very, very little about Phasmophobia whatsoever because I don't, like, mm-hmm. consume any sort of content about it. Even though a lot of people that I, I follow play mm-hmm. it, I just, mm-hmm. don't, I just don't really watch any of it because I don't like scary things. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what, it, what the... I don't, I don't know what the premise of the game is. Oh, really? Okay, I can tell you that. It's about... You are basically... Uh, you... You work for ghost hunters, essentially, like like uh, people who go in and exercise ghosts. But you are the kind of like the scouting team where you mm-hmm. go in and you determine what kind of ghost it is and you report back on it. Um, and so you have a whole bunch of like ghost detection devices to um, try and figure out what kind of ghost it is based on whatever clues you're able to extrapolate from the encounter that you have with it. Mm. So... Um, okay. You, you yeah, you party up with you know some of your homies and you go to the location and uh, you guys can equip different types of uh, items like a thermometer to detect if the temperature drops, which is a de- which is a a clue that the ghost haunts that specific room, or um, uh, cameras, uh, motion sensors, that kind of thing to detect the movement of the ghost, um, and yeah, and so. Sometimes the ghosts are pretty chill. Sometimes they're really shy. Sometimes they're trying to kill you at every, you know, <laughs> at every second. <laughs> um, and so it's it's a lot of just kind of uh, like it's a it, there's a little bit of like mystery solving so that you can try and figure out what kind of ghost it is. But otherwise, there's a survival element to it too. Obviously, you don't want to get killed by the ghost. Right. Um, yeah. So it's it's. A lot of fun to just kind of like hop in and do some matches with your friends and hop out kind of deal. Yeah. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I will <laughs> say it's, it's kind of been interesting seeing the like, I wouldn't say rise because it's, I, there's not like that many like really big kind of notable ones, but like mm-hmm. the fact that there are multiplayer games um multiplayer horror games because i feel like a lot of horror games traditionally have been derived from the fact that you are you are alone mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that there's like no one to help you so that that's kind of cool that's kind of yeah. cool yeah i do think that it is remarkable that they've been able to develop a horror game that you can play with your friends and still legitimately be scared uh because mm-hmm. it's so easy in a horror game or any kind of multiplayer situation like this to just goof around and not take anything seriously and therefore every uh potentially fearful encounter you have is just you know it's just made fun of right and and none of the actual weight of it settles in but this game like it legitimately gets spooky um so i think that's really really cool (laughs) yeah um Aside from that, in terms of what I've been watching while I game a whole lot, uh, I've been making my way through Ice Shield 21. Oh my god. I am over... Oh, hang on, let me... <laughs> let me see. I'm on episode 97. <laughs> so, hold on. I, I did not know that there was this much Ice Shield 21 anime. Really? I thought I legit- you watched I- it. No, no, no. Well, okay, I've read I've read a, a bit of the manga, but I've oh, never watched okay. the anime. I didn't even know okay. there was an anime, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's astounding. 
there is an anime and I um as I was watching it, I was like, man, the end credits for this anime look really good. Like, the art is amazing. And so I looked it up because I completely forgot who the artist was. And, of course, it's Yusuke Murata. I was, was going to say, did you, did you forget? I, I, had a, I completely forgot. And I just, like, as soon as I saw his name, I was, I just was just... <laughs> I was gone. I was so upset because I was like, "Of course it's freaking Yusuke Murata." Of course, of course it's uh, yeah. Of course it's Yusuke Murata. I feel like I feel like Aishil Twenty One was where where Murata really got like well known. Yes, as, like the the guy who just right. makes like ridiculously detailed, amazing yes. art. Like yes, like the color spreads for Aishil Twenty One. I think still oh stand God. as some of the most like gorgeous yeah. color spreads of yeah. any uh, any manga just ever. Yeah, like, you can tell like. Holy. Uh, during the uh, anime, uh, when there's like a particularly well rendered like still shot or something here and there, you can tell that they just pulled it directly from the manga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really funny because like um, people have uh, pointed out that if you um, like layer the pages of some of the one One Punch Man uh, manga together, they almost animate better than the anime itself because I know. they're so dynamic. I know it's so amazing, and so that's why. Because when you're watching the anime, you don't really, as things are moving along, like they, they definitely, you know, it's, it's an anime pretty typical of that time, I'd say, you know, that Mm -hmm. it was developed. And so you don't really notice until you see some of the still shots and you're like, wow, these, these are really good. And so that's why it took me a while to just kind of like be like, okay, I need to look up who this is because I feel like I know them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think um, yeah. as as far as as far as um kind of manga goes, um you will not find I think someone with a better kind of understanding of like visual space and yeah. and like three dimensional space yeah. and perspective. Yep. Um and can consistently crank out yeah. like super high quality pages than than yes. Yusuke Murata. I have yes. no idea how he does it. I don't know if he does anything other than just make manga, right? <laughs> I don't know how he has time to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. The man is a complete mystery. <laughs> and yet, yeah. um, we are blessed with everything that he produces, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I 100%, 100% agree. Um, I might go back and read the manga and like watch the anime and stuff. But uh, yeah, I never finished Ice Shield 21. It was one of those things where I would read it like kind of sporadically on and off when it was in like Shonen Jump, right? Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you could still buy Shonen Jump in grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was sort of my experience with it, but like yeah, Yusuke Murata, man, what a what a legend. What a goddamn living legend. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. And so that's that's it. I don't want to take up too much time. More time yeah. anyway. <laughs> um yep. so I uh, took a trip to Oregon to um, mm-hmm. spend time with my with my partner um, for the holiday season. I flew in at kind of the nice in between point when nobody's really traveling between yeah. Thanksgiving and and Christmas, nice. and then I just kind of rode out the holiday wave and I flew back kind of as soon as things calmed down a little bit. Which yeah. um, it's kind of a funny thing to say, uh, you know, kind of in regards to the the early sort of weeks of uh 2021 considering you know uh <laughs> we we had a coup attempt <laughs> halfway yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. um <laughs> yeah so uh just just ab- an absolutely normal normal week in uh in in our 
living hellscape. Uh, but <laughs> I obviously don't want to. I, I don't. I don't dwell on it too much because it's. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that's like, oh, that's just so depressing. Like, how do I even how do I even begin to talk about this? And like, I, I, I suspect that, you know, you're probably sick of hearing about it, too. So anyway, um, I flew back and um, and have kind of just been been sitting here uh, recovering, I guess. Um, <laughs> flying always you, takes a lot yeah. out of me. Oh, but, yeah. Traveling um, and vacation always. <laughs> but it's also just like more more so because it's so stressful being in like crowded spaces nowadays. Yeah. Um, so like now what what used to like uh, make you like tired makes you just fucking exhausted for like a week. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I tried to be as safe as possible. You know, I wore two Good. masks. I, I didn't Good. touch anything or, or yeah. speak to anybody. Um, and so far it seems like I'm, I'm okay, but, you know, we'll see. It has not been two weeks since I've been back. So, um, I'm just sort of staying in at home. And I mean, as, as if I go outside anyway, I don't really, but, um, <laughs> over the, uh, over the sort of holiday season, um, I, I did all the kind of normal things you do. Um, you know, you stay inside and cuddle under the blankets cause it's fucking cold. Um, Oregon gets much colder than California does, uh, I will say, <laughs> right? It was like, it was like 50, 60 degrees here. And then like in Oregon, it was like 30 and I was like, ah, give me the sun. Where is the sun? But it was raining a lot, which is nice. Cause I like the rain. And in California, you don't really get to see it anymore. <laughs> so, um, I had, a, I had a, a nice rainy little, uh, little, little vacation. I got to see my son, Philip. Um, oh, the son. <laughs> he's so, he's getting so big now. He's so, oh. so big. He is. Um, so, so, Renu, I don't, I don't remember if I, if I told you about this uh, during my time there, but um, he is a, um, I think he's like nine or 10 months old at this point. And he's oh, like, oh, he's big. He's like 11 pounds. He's big. He's so big. He's so chonky. When and it, we're not like, in, like, like I remember the last time you showed me him. He he was like, you know, maybe like the size of your arm. You know, like yeah, not. he was itty bitty. Itty, yeah, itty, he, itty, he, I mean, he was the biggest yeah. one in his litter, but still, he was pretty pretty small. And oh, then, man. and now, now he's super big. And it's not like oh, we were man. we were underfeeding him or anything. In fact, um. We weren't overfeeding him, right? In fact, we've actually found out um, when we went to the vet that we were mm-hmm. o- uh, underfeeding him, right? We weren't feeding him oh. enough food, so so he just got that big naturally. But I thought he was wait I, because the last time we talked, I thought you had to like put him on a diet or something like that. Like oh yeah, so this this is a thing that happened, and this was very stressful. But um, so uh, as my hair has been getting longer, I've been I've been having to you know uh, tie it back and like clip it back with like hair clips and stuff. Um and uh. Philip, Philip had one in his mouth, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, please, please, my son, drop that, please. And I, I tried to get out of his mouth, and he fucking bolted. And oh we couldn't God. find it, so we had to assume he ate it. And oh, my we were God. Like, oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Um, so we took him to the vet, and he, he got his x-rays, and um, they were like, well, uh, there's, not, um, there's not a hair clip in there, but there is, there is a, a hair tie in there. And we're like, <gasps> what? Um, but we, we kind of suspected that he might have eaten a hair tie because he was also munching on a hair tie. Um, oh, and, my God. Uh, it, was like, it was like snapped in half, 
and we were like, this cannot be the whole hair tie. He must have eaten some of it. Um, oh, my God. A couple of days before I got there, he had already eaten half a hair tie and then thrown it up. So, you know, he was already kind of in trouble. Philip. And then, and then we were like, oh, shit. Okay. So the vet was like, okay, well, come back in the morning. We'll, we'll um, just, like, don't feed him. Um, like, starve him for a day. And then we can, um, uh, we can x-ray him again to see if it's, like, passing. Right? And it, um, we went back and it, it was not. So they were like, well, okay, we're going to have to do an endoscopy probably. Um, so they went in and they got it. Uh, they, they got it out there. Very safe. Um, you know, a very standard procedure. Um, they got it out real, real, real nice. And it was. Uh, very clean operation, like absolutely okay. nothing. And they were like, Good. "Yeah, he." Um, but then they showed us what the hair tie looked like, and it looked like a full hair tie. So we have to assume he ate a third hair tie. Oh my god! This was a, a third hair tie he had eaten at some point, and it was so like long that it just wasn't passing because um, it was a full hair tie. And we're like, <sighs> "My son, you're causing us so much stress." Stop. Um, oh my and, God. and, and the vet, w- uh, and the, the, you know, the, the, the nurse told us like, okay, well, um, so we had to like, you know, give him anesthesia and stuff. He might be a little loopy. He might not be as energetic, um, for, for a little bit. He might not have an appetite. And we brought him back home and he was immediately running around and eating food. <laughs> so like, like, I don't know, man, this cat is invincible. Yeah. I'm, I'm no. convinced. He's so strong. He's so beefy. You just have like, to keep the hair ties out of his reach. We somehow. just have to keep anything edible um, yeah. and inedible out of reach. Anything small yeah. enough to fit in his mouth, really. Right. Um, I mean, he is a child, so yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, that was a very like exciting, stressful adventure. But um, so it goes, really. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes. That's how it be when you're looking after a child. But anyway, he's perfectly fine. Um, he He's very healthy and, and nice. They, they also... Um, uh, they weighed him when when we brought him in to get um, X-ray and endoscopy, and they were like, "Yeah, he's like eleven pounds. He's like ten point nine two pounds." Oh my god! <laughs> so we're like Jesus Christ! Oh my word! And they didn't remark upon anything. Like they didn't tell us, like, "Oh, he's like obese." No, no, they're like, "He's just big. Like he's healthy. Yeah. He's just big." I mean, he's yeah. an orange cat, so like, I mean, they get bigger apparently, just like naturally. But um, anyway, that was our sort of stressful vacation adventure. Um, and um oh philip my my son that was uh <laughs> one of the most kind of like astounding things that happened um and then i got i got scam. home to bark who doesn't eat anything <laughs> <laughs> he he's so it's so mercifully chill with bark because he doesn't eat anything except for food he only wants to eat food <laughs> the the fact that they're so different, despite both being orange. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, Bark is also, like, at least 10 years old. He's, like, an old man cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's in his, like, twilight years. He's, like, we don't We don't just, know what Bark was yeah. like when he was a youngin. He might have been He might have been a disaster. But, I mean, he seems raised very well. He seems like a very proper cat. Like, he, he has, the, he has the, all the manners. All the manners. Um, yeah. And I hope, I, hope they get, I hope they get along when, when Philip comes over. Um, Oh yeah, no. Bark is gonna teach him some manners, but um, every every cat so. um, that we've come across, at least like around eight to nine months, is like you know it can be a pretty tough time. But like when they cross yeah, that year threshold, yeah. the the I guess like post puberty or whatever, they 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 mellow out quite a bit. I, I yeah, I, 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 I hope Philip mellows out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> because he is quite the disaster right now. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, yeah. I uh, in other news, I, I had my birthday um, on the yeah, third. Yeah, happy um, fourth. <laughs> thank you. I am I am officially twenty four years old, um, <gasps> which uh, you know, as in accordance to the old blood pacts, um, nobody likes you when you're twenty three. So now people are obligated to like me again now that I'm twenty four. <laughs> I did, I've never heard of this. <laughs> Oh, it's um, it's the uh, uh, I, oh shit, what is it? Is it Sum Forty One or Blink One Eighty Two? It's one of the number bands, but um, they have a song that's um, that's called "What's My Age Again." I think it's Blink One Eighty Two. Okay. It is Blink. It is Blink One Eighty Two. I knew it was one of the okay. number bands. Okay. Right. Um, but one of the lyrics is "Nobody likes you when you're twenty-three. <laughs> so that was that was in my Twitter bio for the entire time that I was twenty-three years old. Um, but now that I'm now that I'm 24, people are are morally obligated to like me again. So oh, um, well they know. better. Yeah, um, yeah. I had I had a nice chill birthday. I um, nice. I, I stayed in and I had um I had a little little whiskey, uh, which is nice. Ooh. Me some whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, I, I had a really good time. We had we ate some food and you know um I think we got Korean fried chicken, which was really nice. Um, Ooh. I uh. I read a lot of manga on my birthday. Um, actually, that entire <laughs> week I read a lot of manga. I read the entire. I watched and read the entirety of Demon Slayer. Um, oh, because uh, I w- I don't know. I was just really feeling like watching, like rewatching Demon Slayer, and it it absolutely fucking slaps. Um, yeah, the manga is really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, people kind of like deride the manga for not looking as pretty as the anime, but to be honest, I think um, I think people don't give it enough credit. I think it's it's really well done. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I read the entirety of, um, I caught up on a, a lot of manga. I caught up on Dr. Stone, uh, Spy X Family. Um, Ooh. I finished Haikyuu. I, uh, read the entirety of Chainsaw Man. Okay. By the way, uh, Chainsaw Man is really, really good. And I think it's getting an anime, so that's going to be Sick. pretty cool. It's going to be pretty nice. cool. I don't, I don't know how much is going to be your thing because there is a lot of, um, <laughs> there's a lot of chainsaw, a lot of blood, <laughs> a lot, a lot of people getting chainsawed. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> well, you, I mean, if you can get through it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not a scary manga. It's just lots of gore. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's, I mean, honestly, it's, like, enough gore to the point where it gets absurd. It's like Helsing in that, in that respect. Um, oh, okay. And, well, I mean, I like Helsing, though. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then I <laughs> yeah. think it'll be fine then. Um, yeah. And, and I, I do think that there is, like, a really, like, um, very, I think we could do an entire episode about Chainsaw Man. I would love to do an entire episode about Chainsaw Man. Um, all right, all right. Yeah. Because it's, um, there's a lot, uh, in, inside the kind of, like, hyper, uh, hyper-violent absurdity that is, like, <laughs> very cool. Um, okay. Em- emotionally and thematically. Um, because it, mm. it's kind of, like, about, um, well, it's about a lot of things, but, uh, I'll touch on, I'll touch on it later when we start talking about, um, anime, but, like, um, it's one of those thing, uh, it's one of those, uh, manga recently that has come out with, um, the premise that, like, uh, there's like the manifestations of like negative human emotion, um, mm-hmm. which are you know the the devils, and mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's about like fighting in them and stuff, kind of. Um, there's yeah, a of, there's a lot of very complicated stuff in, inside Chainsaw Man that I really want to unpack in an, in a full episode, so I'm not gonna touch All on right. it now. Anyway, um, I'm gonna put a pin in that one for for much later. Uh, yeah. When I got back home, my parents had bought an espresso machine, which is very yeah, funny. good for them. 
Um, uh, so I've been I've been learning how to use it. I've never made espresso before, um, but it's mm. like a it's like a full like nine bar espresso machine. And I guess they got it for themselves for Christmas. Um, and That's it's nice. It's very nice actually. Um, yeah. It's a it's a neat little machine. Um, I've cool. sort of been tinkering with it to make sure that I I can make the espresso good, um, which has been <laughs> kind of a kind of a struggle to be honest. Like I've had problems with like you know pushing down too hard on the puck so that the coffee doesn't like you know push through. Um, I've had problems with um, it uh, just, like, not. I've had a lot of issues, but um, okay. <laughs> I think I'm finally at a point where I can make decent espresso, which is. I didn't it. know it was so finicky. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is because, like, um, espresso is, like, uh, first of all, you're dealing with a um, a pressure machine. Like, you need pressure to shoot steam through the, um, the filter, um, okay. and that's how you make espresso. And mm-hmm. you need nine bars, which is like uh, nine sort of atmospheres worth of pressure, um, okay. which is, you know, um, not all machines are capable of doing that. And if you want to get a machine capable of doing that, you're going to have to shell out quite a couple hundreds of dollars. Sure. So that your machine doesn't explode in your face. There are um, lever operated ones that um, are uh, much, much cheaper and will get you good espresso. Um, like, I think... Um, Oh, I can't remember the the company off the top of my head, but there's there's a, there's some good ones. But like, okay. if you want a machine to do it for you, um, like you you need to shell out at least four hundred dollars. Like, there's there's right. kind of no negotiating that. Right. Um, anything under that is not going to really get you like espresso. Um, but then you have to kind of deal with like the grind size. So like your your coffee has to be like fine enough that it's um, you know, uh, the water can pass through but also not too coarse so that you can actually get some of the flavor out of it, but also not too, too fine, because if it becomes dust, then it has the exact problem where it just won't go through anymore and it might clog up the holes. So, um, But as long as you can get the grind okay, um, the next sort of thing is you have to make the, the puck, which is like um, you put the coffee in the filter and then you like tamp it down with like this little like stamp-looking thing. And... Mm. You have to put the right amount of pressure on to like condense it just enough that it like passes through perfect. Anyway, um, it's been a so, process of trial and error the past couple of days. So the machine doesn't do all that stuff for you. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> espresso but... machines are are wonderfully medieval in that sense. I suppose well, I should well, say. <laughs> you spend hundreds of dollars and it doesn't even do that stuff for you, so you could still make a bad cup of espresso. Uh, yeah. I think it's just one of those things where, um, if you're making espresso, you just kind of have to put in the effort to, like, learn how to, how to make the puck. And then, wow. it's, not too, it's not too hard, honestly, and it's not okay. like you're gonna get, like, a disastrous cup of coffee. Um, it's just, like, it just means that you're just gonna have to wait a bit for the, like, water to drain out slowly, and then, like, you, you take the grounds out and you just try again. It's not, honestly not that big of a deal. Um, okay. Because it's, yeah, I mean, it's not going to break or anything unless you do something really bad to it. Sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so that's what I've been doing the past couple, uh, past couple days since I've been okay. back. Um, I've been, you know, testing out the espresso machine. Um, uh-huh. The steam wand on that machine is pretty good. It is a Breville Bambino Plus, if you were wondering. Um, but um, wonderful little, little machine. The steam wand is really good. It makes, like, nice foamy milk. Um, Ooh. But we don't have any milk in the house, so oh. I have to go buy milk. To steam, is, yeah, to, to steam it. Yeah, to steam it. 
I've been doing that. Uh, I have been petting the cat, doing a lot of sleeping and sleeping oh. off my like um, uh, my flight exhaustion um yeah and i have been playing a lot of dark souls i've been doing a lot of streaming recently um like pretty much every every night or so um depending on when uh the peanut gallery is available which is what i which is what my friends call themselves when they watch me play dark souls on stream Um, that's cute and um yeah yesterday i for some reason played for 10 hours straight jeez um yeah (laughs) I played for 10 hours straight, and I basically um, completed the final boss of Dark Souls uh, 2, which Ooh. is, um, in Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, which is like the remake of, of Dark Souls 2, there is, um, the final boss is actually th- th- three or four different bosses, technically. Um, so it's like, basically, you defeat the Throne Watcher and Defender, and it's like a double boss, so like you have to defeat both of them. But if you defeat one of them too early, they'll full heal, because you have to <gasps> defeat both of them at the same time, essentially. The, the window is pretty generous, you have about a minute, but like, um, still, you, you do not want to only focus one and then d- uh, find that out uh, later, because I did, and that was a mistake. Oh um, no! <laughs> so... Uh, but then after you defeat the Throne Watcher and Defender, you have to defeat Queen Nishandra, who appears right in the same fucking boss room. And then after you defeat Queen Nishandra, you have to defeat Aldia, the Scholar of the First Sin, who appears in the same room. And you don't get a break between any of these. So it's not it's not a final boss. It is a final boss gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty much, honestly. Um, which is like, I mean, to be fair, Aldia is a an optional boss that only appears if you defeated a different optional boss, which I did oh. for uh, for reasons of I just want to make the game harder for me, I guess. Always. Yeah, I mean, yeah, make a make a difficult game more difficult for you. You know, you might yeah. as well just uh, and in. then <laughs> and then I def- and then I beat two out of three of the DLCs. So I I did Crown of the Sunken King and Crown of the Old Iron King. Um, and I only have one left, which is Crown of the Ivory King. And I'm gonna complete that probably tonight. And wow. then I will be done with Dark Souls two, and then I can start Dark Souls three. Wow, you are on a roll. Yeah, I am. Uh, my current plan is to complete Dark Souls two and three, and then uh, do ya- and then play my way through Yaksakuami two, and then Whoa. I think more or less that should be around the time when the other three Yakuza games release on PC. Ooh, um, that'll be good. So that I can play those three games. Yeah. Um, probably not all in a row because playing Yakuza games back to back gets exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> each yakuza game is quite quite a lot i think you can play yeah. maybe max two in a row before mm-hmm. you're like i'm all yakuza out for a little bit um yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna play through yakuza kuwami 2 um and then my plan is probably to play um like i don't know uh maybe maybe some some games i just have lined up in my steam library um maybe yeah. maybe i'll play through in your automata because i haven't played through that in a, in a couple years um mm. And I love that game, but uh, I don't know. Um, who's who's to say, really? Uh, but I, I've been doing that, and that that's been really fun. I, I've been Good. enjoying that a lot. Um, anyway, yeah, we have been catching up for about forty five minutes. So um, yeah, well, why we don't had we, a whole month. We ta- yeah, we had we had a whole month to talk about. Why don't we start talking about anime? Um, which yes. is actually, I will say, it's it's okay that we talked this much because we really did not watch a lot of anime. We didn't. <laughs> I'm looking back over this list. We really did not watch that much. It's all right. It's all right. All right. 
So let's start by let's actually start by talking about uh, Majo de Oyasumi because um, okay. I think I think I have more to say about Jujutsu Kaisen, so I want to save it for a little bit later. Um, okay. Majo de Oyasumi, or um, Sleepy Princess in the Demon King's Castle, um, I think is the English title, is about a princess who gets kidnapped by the Demon Lord, um, which is a setup that is very common in in Japanese RPGs. Um, it's it's the the classic like Dragon Quest sort of setup. Um, but the princess is an absolute menace. <laughs> and all she wants to do is sleep all yeah. day and the only th- and and like nothing will stand between her and a good night's rest, which is to say she will terrorize the rest of the castle in order yeah. to gather enough ingredients to craft yeah. like better beds and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's this is a joy to watch. I love this show. It is so funny. <laughs> it is very cute and also like very terrifying. But it yeah. it all comes together in a very funny way. <laughs> it, it all it, it's this is one of those shows that is simultaneously like very funny, um, very like kind of like cozy and comfy, and and also just like super chaotic, right? Yeah, there's a lot of dark humor, but like not too dark, you know. <laughs> dark, but not too dark. Like yeah. there's definitely um, they play on the uh, church where you revive, so people definitely do die and then come back yeah. to life. <laughs> But it's okay because they don't die forever. Um, yeah. But yeah, this this princess basically terrorizes the rest of the castle for like thirteen episodes, mm-hmm. um, and you just kind of watch as she gets up to different hijinks, like uh, killing bedsheet ghosts so that she can make bedsheets, or um, you, d- just killing an ice golem man so that she can have ice in her room in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all kinds of stuff like that honestly this is one of those like fantasy shows that plays kind of um riffs off of its like fantasy setting in a very like fun amusing whimsical way and yeah. i very very much would recommend this for for anybody who just like needs like something fun to watch like it's an absolute joy um yeah and it's it's very cute actually um yes <laughs> because uh you just like, ah, oh, nice. I watch an episode and I'm like, oh, I want to take a nap now. I know, me too. I'm like, I it just like it makes like you a... want to nap so bad. <laughs> exactly, it makes you want to go sleep. You're like, ah, nap. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I I read the manga for this, which is why we why we started watching it. But the anime is is, is really good too. Like the animation is, uh, the yeah. comedic timing, delicious. Yeah. Voice acting, wonderful. Yes. Mm. Yep. Chef's kiss, delicious and tasty. <laughs> Highly, highly recommend Maojo de Oyasumi. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, very fun. It is, it is, it's very much up my, like, my alley um, in terms of like, oh, yeah, all, the, all the things that it does, right? It's like, yes. you know, kind of slice of life-y, <laughs> kind of fantasy, mm-hmm. um, uh, very chaotic. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots, lots, lots of fun stuff. And then, and mm-hmm. then you know, you get nice little like moments of like, oh, they, they're friends. Nice. <laughs> Which, you know, I, I always enjoy. I always enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I would I would agree. <laughs> on that note, let's let's talk about Jujutsu Kaisen, which um Whee! is kind of like the the most recent like um kind of shonen jump like um mainstay, I I suppose you could you could call it. Um yeah. it it is very good, I I will say. Um it's it's very shonen. Um but yes. I, I will say I do think that shonen is is becoming like kind of um 
it gradually has started to become uh, much more interesting um, ever since uh, kind of the big three shonen have have ended uh, or not ended, but two of the three, right? Because One Piece will never die, but like <laughs> One Piece is gonna go on eternally. Um, but Naruto and um, Bleach have have ended their respective runs, and of course we have stuff like Boruto and, and Burn the Witch going, but you know it's it's not really the same. They don't have the same kind of like um, clout, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, they don't have the same like gravitas and pull. Um, mm. But ever since then, Shonen has been in a very interesting space where. Um, you have, um, you know, My Hero Academia with uh, all of the stuff that, you know, it, it's about, um, which I've, I've kind of I've talked about uh, here and, and um, like, on the podcast and, and sort of on Twitter um, about how it's kind of like, uh, I mean, it, it's like when, when, you, when you have superhero fiction, you're like, cool, superhero fiction, right? Because it's, like, a very, like, interesting way of making your... Uh, like a uh, property about um, manifesting evil in the world so that you can defeat it, which is cool. But um, at the same time, um, My Hero Academia has kind of this very specific brand of uh, superheroism as part of um, like kind of, a, kind of a state body where you're like, well, you're basically sending children off to do war for you, which is mm-hmm. cool, I guess. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> So that's interesting, and I and I, I I will say like to its credit, I don't I haven't read a lot of the later chapters, so maybe they do touch on it because they they might you know it might try to address its own premises, um, but I do have problems with kind of the way that it presents villains and villainy and and how it does that because I think it was really cool when they had like Stain as a villain be like yeah do villain stuff and people were like hey that's kind of cool right because you know like that's um, I liked Stain as a villain because he basically addresses what systemically is kind of the problem with the hero system. Mm-hmm. And, like, the villains who arise out of that are also people who are like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> time to become villains. Um, which, like, is kind of a, an accidentally very apt um, uh, sort of, lens into what we what we see kind of nowadays with our mm-hmm. government coup and all that um <laughs> but like you know uh and, and i've talked about it sort of at length so I, I won't really um continue much further but then you have um demon slayer which uh i think is is probably the best shonen and i i will say i think some people have complained that demon slayer is a little too short i don't necessarily agree i think it is exactly as long as it needs to be i appreciate when a story knows when to end um and i think it does a lot of kind of justice at the end to to basically say like well like this is you know um this is like what what the these people fought for it's to make a, a more peaceful society and they they you know have their like descendants get to live like kind of a happy life and they get like reincarnated it's very cool but like um, it's very nice and gratifying. It's kind of like when you have a coffee shop AU, but like it's the canon ending of the series. Oh. <laughs> um, but like I like Demon Slayer a lot because the kind of core thesis of Demon Slayer is is about like um um like kindness and compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that um uh because like wisteria in in sort of Japanese like flower symbology represents like you know um empathy and compassion and love and support. 
And all mm-hmm. of those things are poisonous to demons. They're literally poisonous to demons <laughs> who are people who gain power by eating other people. Hey, wait a minute. That's exactly what a billionaire is. <laughs> um, so um, anyway. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but I also think that, that Demon Slayer's Koritos is very cool because of the way that it kind of bleeds into everything that um, is, is in the series. Like all of the fighting styles in, in the um uh, anime are meant to do like one clean sort of like beheading you know hit you're not supposed to like make your make the, your opponent suffer or anything right it's like this is mercy right and like that's very cool i like that there is a a move in the water breathing style that's literally just oh the opponent has given up and wants an end to their suffering here is a gentle painless strike to to kill you so that you can be free from your mortal shackle i think that's very cool um oh. And then you have stuff like Jujutsu Kaisen, which is like Naruto, but way, way more hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen, to me, feels like if Naruto never compromised its, like, sort of uh, the, the premise and, and emotional core of its first two arcs. That's if what it, it feels like to me. Yeah, if it went, I guess, like, it, it feels a lot darker, right? It, it is a lot darker, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, not just darker. because... Well, not just because uh, not just because people die, right? Because people die in shonen all the time. Um, yeah. But the amount of gravity and emotional impact yeah. and buildup and payoff that they have um, is vastly different. I feel like. Yeah. Um. There is. Um. It honestly, Jujutsu Kaisen reminds me a lot of why I liked Naruto back in the day, and it doesn't kind of forget why I liked Naruto like halfway <laughs> through, right? Because like. Uh-huh. Um, you have, um, cause, and I will always, 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 always rail about how good the first couple arcs of Naruto are. Um, yeah. because, you know, um, I think that the, 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 like, Zabuza arc is like, oh my it's, God. it's just, mm, it's oh unforgettable, right? Because, yeah. like, you have this, like, hired, hired sword who's just, yep. like, an enemy, and he's, like, super strong mm-hmm. and evil. And then you mm-hmm. realize the, the real evil is, like, the corporate overlords behind him. <laughs> and he's like, wait, shit, this sucks. And he's like, well, what if I kill you? And he's like, well, what if I kill you? And you're uh-huh. like, ah, shit. And then uh-huh. you, like, you have to deal with, like, the, the gravity of, like, you know, both both Zabuza and Haku dying, and then, like, they yep. get to, like, you know, um, reunite in the afterlife, and you're like, damn, dude, that's, like, that's fucking heavy. Like, that's, <laughs> that's really fucking heavy. Like, you really pulled a, like, this is definitely a bad guy. This is definitely super a bad guy, and he's, yeah. like, a super menacing villain, but now yeah. we're feeling, like, empathy for him, and, like, mm-hmm. we feel bad because, like, he's, he's put into this spot, um, and he now kind of wants to help because he cares about somebody and and then you're like oh no he's dead oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god <laughs> and i i think that's a large part of why uh naruto was was so good at the start right because like yeah you have a lot of grappling with kind of like uh, emotions and trauma and and then it becomes like ninja space battles which is like okay yeah um, <laughs> but Jujutsu kaisen is like if it kind if if naruto never really forgot that right like you have you know, this kid who the power structure above um, that is ostensibly there to help people, right? The sorcerer kind of schools, but they, they want him dead, right? They, they yeah. don't want him to be alive. Um, and he has like a, a demon inside of him, you know, just like the nine-tailed fox. Um, 
and he can tap into that power to uh, to save people, but um, it it has like a very like you know um, a powerful cost because like he lets the the demon take control of his body. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, you still have like all of the like really good shown in goodness, right? You have like um, a main character overcoming adversity. You have somebody with like a good heart and spirit, like um, you know doing everything he can to uh you know operate within the limitations that he is is set within and mm-hmm. still managing to stay like kind throughout like i liked this about demon slayer where um mm-hmm. at the start of this uh, at the start of the show and i i realized this when i went back and i i rewatched it um like giyu tells uh tanjiro like you're you're so kind but your inaction will get people killed Right? right, like you can be kind. Um, you don't have to be cold, but you have to be decisive. You can't. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you can't expect sympathy from your enemies. Right? right, and he spends the entire series never giving up that kindness, even when people tell him not to be kind anymore. Because some of the demon mm-hmm. slayers do tell him that. Um, mm-hmm. and at, and in the end, it's it's really that like kindness and empathy and um the love that he holds for for his sister that like pretty much like saves the day. Right. And Jujutsu Kaisen feels very similarly where like, you know, Yuji is is a very kind person to the to the point of um, being almost like self-destructive um, because his um, he's like hanging on to like the last words of his grandfather who are like who was like, you know, be helpful to people like you should try to help people because you're strong. Right. And so he, he does it and it almost gets him killed. He there's a moment where he is um, he has to confront his own like fear of death which is like very cool and not something that like you necessarily see in a lot of shonen anime you're like wait you mean like the protagonist is not just like barreling forward he's like actually grappling with the fear of death hmm interesting (laughs) and he comes out stronger for it and you're like well that's that's very neat yeah yeah it's a very solid show that um i can definitely see why it has such a a wide appeal to it, despite how you know uh, dark its consequences can be with the, the characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely dark. Um, and yeah. it it doesn't help that the um the enemies are basically manifestations of like human fear. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have like um tangible enemies created from intangible things which and i mentioned this earlier so i'm gonna pull that pin pull that pin out but like um this is a thing that i've noticed um recently where like um in demon slayer uh demons basically get stronger with human fear in Mm -hmm. um chainsaw man devils are the embodiment of human fear and in jujutsu kaisen the the curses are also the embodiment of negative human emotion and it's very interesting how a lot of very like mainstream shonen shows recently have been um about like being able to manifest and address like negative human emotion, right? We're kind of yeah. like tacitly acknowledging that the problem right now, like all of our problems right now are are man-made in nature, that it is society and people that, that are creating these problems. And at the same time, it is up to people to solve those problems. It may be that we're staring down the barrel of like, you know, um, civil, civil wars and um, political unrest uh, and 
like climate change and i don't just mean here but like you know kind of um any anywhere with like a really sort of conservative government because you know japan has a really conservative government which was admittedly implanted there by the american cia but um that's that's just how it goes really um <laughs> that's that is uh that that's them feels when you're imperialized by america huh <laughs> Um, and now we're sort of uh, getting a, a taste for that uh, as well, um, because we didn't address any of our problems for the last, like, 300 years. Um, anyway, um, Jujutsu Kaisen is, is I think, a very cool little series. Um, yeah. Because it's also about um, the ability to, to use that negative energy, um, like fear and anger, and, and turn it into a, a strength, right? Because um, that's that's what cursed sorcerers um, are, right? Um, they're they basically channel kind of negative energy from themselves and use it to to do battle, which is yeah interesting. I, I interesting. yeah I do like the fact that rather than just demonizing human negative human emotions and being like, well, if you're unhappy, then that's that's the enemy right there. It's your fear and your anger and your hatred. It's right. rather than just you know, making it black and white like that, they say, well, if you can reconcile those feelings in such a way that you can make it your strength to, uh, you know, to help other people in that way, then then that's what the cursed sorcerers represent, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much a, like you have to, you know, be able to um, leverage those those emotions. And, and yeah. there's, there's a large part of uh, kind of like addressing um, in inequality in the world that that does stem from those feelings and you do have right. to harness those feelings sometimes right because yeah. like mm -hmm. it's not gonna be pretty all the time and it's not gonna just be right. like well we should just do it because it makes us happy right it's like you should do it because you're fucking furious that they did this to you right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and it, it it's more about like uh having an excess or indulging in those emotions um that that will lead you down the wrong path and about how um you know, you you do have to be use, using those emotions for the right purpose um, mm -hmm. or else you're just hurting people. Right. right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, that's very interesting. It, it's funny because it reminds me of how in the 80s and 90s, if you look at American cinema in the 80s and 90s, um, uh, most of the bad guys are just like corporate overlords, right? Like in Back to the Future, your enemy is Biff, who is a guy who is explicitly based off of Donald Trump. Um, and in the Super <laughs> Mario Brothers, the enemy is Bowser, who owns a uh, who's basically like a corporate overlord who is also explicitly based off of Donald Trump. Um, and it's almost like <laughs> yes. it's almost like in the eighties and nineties, like we we kind of realized that there was a problem, and then we just didn't do anything to fix it. And then now we look at the eighties and nineties movies, and we're like, whoa, how do they predict this? How do they predict the things that are happening? And you're like, oh, it's because they were already happening, and we just weren't paying attention. Um. Read deeper into the media that you watch, please. I beg of you. I, I beg of you, just like a little bit, <laughs> right? Consume. Like, just just <laughs> think a little bit about like why things are being made, right? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like maybe consume, maybe all think. of the maybe all of the manifestation of negative human emotion that's happening in these manga is is a symbol that people in Japan are a little bit fucking fed up with the government. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge theme in, like, stuff like the Persona games, too. You know, like, uh, yeah, the whole, yeah. like, shadows and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's. I think I think there's kind of a part of this that is like uniquely um about uh uniquely stemming from like um Japanese like sort of polite society where um you are kind of expected to be very polite to people even if you don't like them. So there is this kind of fear and and sort of mistrust that happens um when you can't know what somebody's like true intentions are. Right. And I think that mm-hmm. gets played up a lot in these in these shows, especially in like, you know, something like Jujutsu Kaisen, where they're like, um basically they're just like, hey, hey, are you sick of being nice? Do you just want to go <laughs> ape shit? And some people are like, hell yeah, that sounds that sounds rad as hell. Uh-huh. So, you know, um, there is definitely a part of it that is is socially influenced by the expectations um, of society and the kind of walls that uh, that society builds around you, which is, you know, what what Persona uh, is about. Right. Um, Persona five is about kind of weaponizing um, the way that people see you, which I think is really cool, even though for some reason um, in a series about like marginalized people, um, that is to say, teenagers without a lot of power. That none of them are queer. But hey, sigh. <laughs> I don't have any excuses for that. That's just that's just kind of a bummer, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, Jujutsu Kaisen is actually very very cool. Um, the animation is is I th- I've heard people complain about the animation for Jujutsu Kaisen because a lot of it is like based on like three D modeling and like rotoscoping, and I think that's like kind of whatever, right? I think it's um, fine it's, that right, they like, do uh, it like that. Because, like, people complain <laughs> about the compositing of the show. And I'm like, I think it's fine, honestly. It's like, fine. Wh- hey, it's like, hey, whatever works, right? Right, exactly. It's not, to me, it's not offensive, right? It's not they... offensive. It, I would say, honestly, it even looks pretty good. Like, right. you're getting a pretty high-quality sort of show, animated-wise, for much less work than it would take to just, like, hard-hand animate it, right? And, like, right. for... You know, as, as as sad as it is to say, right? Like, you just kind of have to settle for that, really. Yeah, I mean, they're also producing it like during a pandemic, and we don't know what their work structure right. would have been like if it wasn't the case. So, honestly, I think I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I think even the like the really heavily like three D composited shots look pretty good. Um, yeah, and... I think even if it came out like you know during a normal work time work schedule or whatever for them. Uh, it would it would still be a good looking anime. Like yeah, I would I would have I would have nothing yeah. negative to say about it really. Like yeah, um the the kind of like fight scenes very good actually. Um, yeah, they they definitely definitely feel very good to watch. Um, especially the kind of like early and late ones. Um, where they're like doing a lot of hand hand fighting. It looks really good. There's a lot of like continuous animation, which yeah. you know you can't really like scoff at because it it's, mm-hmm. it is a lot of work no matter what mm-hmm. and yep. um as far as a, a show goes in how it looks uh, uh, like a weekly produced show you know not every show is going to be a kyoani show or a um a ufo table show like sometimes they just look like this and honestly it it doesn't offend me in any way right like I'm pretty. I'm sure people had like lots of complaints when like you know they moved to primarily digitally animating things instead of hand animating them on like paper and pencil and like cells and stuff, but like honestly, I I have no complaints about Jujutsu Kaisen's animation. I think it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, Thank shall we talk time. about Golden <laughs> Kamui third season? Yes. Oh my! Oh my god! <laughs> so we we obviously got an animation sort of um, upgrade this uh, this season. It looks so? a lot better. 
Really? I I couldn't tell. I thought that it was like pretty similar, but I don't. I think I, it's pretty it's... similar to the second season. Um, yes. I know that the first season looked really janky. <laughs> we had CG fire and bears. Yeah, like CG fire, CG stuff. bears. Yeah. Um, and in contrast, seasons <laughs> two and three uh, look a lot better. Uh, season three, I think, I think probably looks the best. I think hmm. something about the way that they have um, decided to, um, I think. A lot of the still shots look better, I think, to me, sure. than they than they did in the first two seasons. I think that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, holy shit! The third season is so wild. Like, this is the <laughs> point at which I had um, so I caught up to the manga a while ago, um, probably sometime after the first season stopped airing. Yeah. So I I was basically in the dark for for the start of the third season, right? And Oh my god, the stuff that happens. Woo, oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. I think Golden Kamui is one of the most um I think it's one of the best written like on on a macro level, kind of on a large structural level. It's one of the best stories um that is serialized right now because it is always always so interesting to watch. You're like What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? It's such a good adventure show. Yeah, it's, um, I, all of the twists and turns that happen during this season, um, like it, yeah. it starts off kind of, kind of like, you know, all right, like, like they're, they're trucking along they're you know, one party is chasing the other party, but then it just ramps up and then it like explodes at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, like, th- it, like this. Yeah. This is what I mean. Is like, um, yeah. I think the problem that a lot of uh, shows run into, or a lot of series run into, especially yeah. when you get to around the length that um, that Golden Kamui is, yes. is yes. it's very easy to fall into patterns or to get formulaic yes. or yes. to make things not really challenge the status quo. So, right. like, um, you know, for instance, if if this was um, a different series. It might have been that they like teamed up with you know these people and then they just like continued to the end of the series and like right. that's just their crew. But yeah. in Golden Kamui, the relationships between the characters is always changing in mm-hmm. a very mm-hmm. interesting way, right? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool and interesting and dynamic to watch because you're never really sure who's going to betray and like who's going to ally and for what reasons right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and obviously spoilers spoiler warning spoiler 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 warning um when you like look at the back the back uh, the uh flashback sort of sequences and like the guy the guy who you thought was just like some random guy living in russia was like was like the lieutenant (laughs) you're like (laughs) (laughs) that was the craziest reveal even no. with all of the the betrayal and like the death happening that was the biggest reveal <laughs> yeah that that was like oh, 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 was that and then this quiet linguist you know kind of gentle looking dude was the, the the most evil person that we've come right, across right. so far in the show <laughs> i mean and then you see like kind of why he's like so like out there because you're like oh yes. oh man this is this is a lot oh, oh yep, yeah. she got shot oh oh yep. no yeah, it was a lot. Um, and and then you have all the like the the Ogata stuff, which is like, oh, 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 oh. my god! 
it's it's so juicy because you're like, oh no, Ogata's like, you know, you know he's you you know he's only in it for for himself, yeah. and you know he has yeah. sort of his own baggage about like yeah. why he acts the way he acts, and then mm-hmm. like you see him at a standoff where he's like, come with me, Ashiripa, and she's like, no, you're like being weird and creepy. Um, she's like, I will kill you, and he's just like, no, no, you won't, you won't kill me, or will you? <laughs> Kill me, Ashiripa. Do it. Prove my <laughs> point. And then she's like, no, I won't do it. And then Tsukimoto's like, Ashiripa. And she's like, wait, shit, what? And then the arrow goes into his eyeball. And you're like, oh. <laughs> it's like, he's going to die. It's like, shit, he's dead. And then and then Tsukimoto's like, fuck, no, the fuck, you're not. You're not going to die. And he's like, I'm going to suck out the poison from your eyeball. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Because he doesn't want him tortured to be a murderer. <laughs> and then, and then, at the very, at the very end of the season, he <laughs> speaks Russian, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> season three is so wild. Like, yeah. here's the thing, right? Is that some shows I feel like peak really early. Like they'll have mm-hmm. like the, a really exciting, like cool thing that happens yeah. like really early on, and then yeah. everything else after that is like really boring and pa- like yeah. a um, status quo kind mm-hmm. of like um, same, same old, same old formula. Um, mm-hmm. Golden Kamui is just always changing. There's always things happening, and it, there's always <laughs> something like interesting that's just about to happen. And like, you're always on the edge of your seat. It's yeah. a very well written show um, oh, so on a structural great. level. Yeah. Because, like, at at its basis, right, it's not like things are happening around them. It's that things are happening because the characters are making them happen. It's a classic example of what happens when you write um, a a story that stems from from character relationships, right? And character relationships and motivations. Like, part of this is having really strongly written characters, right? And Mm -hmm. it's, um, you can tell, because whenever the you know uh, ostensibly the villains are on um, are, are allied with the main characters like um, with Ashiripa and, and Sugimoto, you're like kind of endeared to them. You like kind of Ogata's weird cat like qualities, and you know you you're rooting for him when he like counter snipes that like Russian sniper. And you're oh like, yeah, the, oh, that was so cool. Shit. That That's was so such cool. a cool battle. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that was that was one of the most interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, firearm standoffs in yeah. in any anime ever right oh, yeah. like because it's 100 percent a a psychological sniper battle and it was mm-hmm. absolutely the coolest thing to to see ogata <laughs> outwit this dude who is like a master <laughs> sniper you're like hell yeah get it and then you're like oh right this guy shot sugimoto fuck I know, yeah no this guy was a traitor like, the whole time oh shoot he's a bad guy no he's not he's not a good guy he's not a good guy um <laughs> And I, I say that, but, like, everybody kind of exists in this, like, moral gray zone where you're not oh, really yeah. sure um, yeah. if they're bad or good because they're characters. They're really complicated three-dimensional characters with their own kind of quirks and um, and behaviors and motivations. And, and like, it's – I love Golden Kamui. It's so good. And I, I like that it's, um, at its core, kind of about – this struggle over um Ainu sovereignty and um what it means to be a um like a uh uh a marginalized people a native oh, sort of yeah. people in yeah. um living underneath a an imperial society right yeah. cuz i think there is um there is obviously the potential for in the in the course of like kind of historical fiction um for things to get like valorized a little bit right 
And I think oh, yeah. Golden Kamui does a pretty good job of, of, of avoiding this, right? You're mostly rooting for characters. So you're not like, yeah, Japan is the best, right? Because even when you're discussing when, um, like, uh, and flashing back to the, the visions of, like, the Russian, uh, the Russo-Japanese war, right? Um, you don't um, get, like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, these people are so cool. They're heroes. They're like, oh, shit, war is hell. War sucks, dick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do like the fact that, at least so far, it hasn't quite claimed sides in terms of, like, this, this side is absolutely good, because even the Ainu people, like, you see the crimes that Ashiba's father commits in order oh, yeah, yeah. to, to gain sure. their rights back, and, and you understand why he does it, you know, because, you know, the Ainu people are suffering and he wants to help them, but, it, yeah, he, he does some horrible things for it, um... And, uh, yeah, it's it's really, really well done. The fact that they have this cultural through line um, throughout the whole series. And you just, you kind of delight in the fact that you get to learn bits and pieces more and more each time that they introduce more things about their culture and, like, little food uh, facts or uh, the way that they address, like, the cold and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's really nice downtime. Um, between all of the huge action set pieces. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I completely agree. I, um, yeah. I really like that, uh, that this is one of the very rare sort of, uh, pieces of fiction that at all addresses, um, the Ainu people. And yeah. at the same time, it doesn't, like, it's very matter of fact about it. It's like these people live on this land, and this is yeah. this is how they 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 do things, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't feel like it has the same kind of like, uh, okay, <laughs> it doesn't have the same feel as like the the depiction of Native Americans in like Western fiction, for instance, right? Yeah, in, like, westerns yeah. where like yeah. you're like, ah, oh, this is lone buffalo he is the master tribesman of whatever 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 it's just like it in in golden kamui it's literally just these are the ainu people of this land they live here right. these are their traditions um they will help you if you help them they will not help you if you're a jerk right, right. <laughs> as most people tend tend to be right it's, um, <laughs> and there's a a lot of kind of like uh this like spiritual through line throughout the the show that isn't quite explicit but is is very like kind of implied where um you know you you have it uh this like um you know the the bad omens and and the bone fortune oh yeah yeah Um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. though they're it's actually very cool because you can use those as um as storytelling devices you can use them to to foreshadow events to come right yeah and because it's within the sort of realm of a of a fictional show it it works, um, and mm-hmm. it's it's a very like cool thing that yeah. uh, that you get to do, and it kind of pays some homage to like the beliefs of of these people that live on these lands, which yeah. is very cool. And I like when they go into Russia and they have like a Russian translator, and they're like, um, just going around like speaking to speaking in Russian to people, and <laughs> and, and and like they they meet the, the the couple in the lighthouse, and they are um, they're just like. Oh, are you like Japanese people? Um, that's okay. You can stay in here so you don't like freeze to death out there, right? Um, <laughs> we just want our daughter back. We actually kind of hate the ja- the Russian government. <laughs> <laughs> Only bastards. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I 
it's a very like intricately woven story. Um, yeah. and it's absolutely, absolutely worth a watch if, uh, if you want like a very well written like character adventure. Yeah. Um, it's I also it. just a very cool setting. Um, like the kind of like turn of the 20th century, um, the 19th to the 20th century, um, in Japan, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, following the Russo Japanese War, you have, um, obviously like a westernizing japan right um and there's like an innate kind of tension there um you have an imperial japan that's attempting to claim land by fighting with russia a country that is way fucking bigger than japan um and if you've actually ever read about the russo japanese war it's kind of it's kind of wild just how like how much the the russians underestimated like japan because uh russia got decimated in that battle Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we get to see that from from the perspective of the soldiers on the ground, from Sugimoto's perspective, and his best friend dies in the war, and you're like, "Yeah, this ain't so. This ain't so Gucci in it." Um, yeah. You can see like Ogata's best friend die in the war, and he's just like, "Well, well, I guess it's time to be a bastard all the time. <laughs> <laughs> time to cause problems on purpose." Um. But yeah, um, all of all of that kind of stuff is uh, contained within Golden Kamui. I I think the the like Taisho Meiji era is like very is a very interesting period in in uh, Japan. Oh, it's I fascinating. Think, I think any yeah. period of of great social change in any kind of country yeah. is is a very cool thing. Well, that's why like pro that's why prohibition fiction is so cool in um, mm-hmm. in the United States because you mm-hmm. have all of this kind of like tension surrounding like you know uh, the the government. regulating sort of uh a a thing that has traditionally been held to be um you know uh i I would say quite valuable to like all of human history right Um, and saying like (laughs) this is illegal now and and what what kind of social ramifications that has and you have like Mm -hmm. you know the history of like bootlegging and how that interacts um like bootlegging and uh speakeasies and how that interacts with kind of like um the history of of immigrants and marginalized people and it's it's all a very cool thing right Mm-hmm. So I think any period of great social changes is a very cool period to set something. And this is one of those things where, like, the Meiji era is very cool in, in Japan. Um, I, uh, I think it's very cool to see um, historical figures like, um, like Hijikata Toshizo. Um, but, yeah. like, but what if he survived? <laughs> So you kind of have this through line to uh, to an older era of Japan, and like that's that's the kind of thing, right? Is that ideologically all these people kind of represent something? Where mm-hmm. you know, um, you you have uh, the lieutenant who um, is very upsetty for a lot of reasons and kind of just wants to <laughs> to wreck a lot of chaos. Um, you have Hijikata uh-huh. Toshizo who uh, is like kind of yearning for the the old days of the samurai period of, yeah. of Japan. Um, yep. this kind of like idealized version of of the samurai period. Um, you know, you have uh Wilk and and Co who want to to end the sort of Japanese uh occupation in, entirely and and make a country for the Ainu. Um, mm-hmm. and then you have like people like Sugimoto and Ogata who just kind of like want money because they need <laughs> money to do things. Yes. Um, and they kind of represent these like very normal people. Yes. <laughs> um, albeit in, in slightly different ways, you know. Yeah. Sugimoto wants to help people. Ogata just wants to not have to ever do anything ever again. 
<laughs> which I mean, after what he's been through, I understand. Oh, but like Jesus. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, Golden Kamui uh, third season, very very good. This show only keeps getting better, so I, I highly recommend uh, jumping in um, if you haven't already. Yeah, I hope they make a fourth season. That would be. I hope favorite. so too. I hope so too. I might go back and read the manga at some point. Um, yeah. It's very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Let us talk about Taiso Zemurai. Um, <laughs> so this uh, is a very different show than I thought it would be. Yeah, same. It is. It ended up being a lot goofier than I thought it would be. Right? I like. I thought Kinda it would be same. Like a just like a a heartfelt story about this uh, guy, uh, this gymnast who's getting on in years, but still wants to, you know. Uh, to make it essentially to yeah i thought we would really get like a kind of like a rocky sort of like um storyline where it's about like um how this guy is is able to uh succeed despite the fact that he's had so many blunders um but it's actually it's actually kind of a a lot different of a show than than that um because it's not about like ah yes pure determination and grit it's a lot about like um Interestingly, I think it's a lot about like uh like scars and healing and um the attitude with which you treat yourself and how how you should take care of yourself. Um mm. cuz like his main problem uh, even when he was uh, uh like in his like prime was the fact that he just like never took a day off, um which mm-hmm. is, you know, not how your body works. Right. Um you need you need to take rest days if you're if you're exercising or doing any kind of strenuous activity so that your body can rebuild itself. Um, yeah. And it's kind of this kind of like is the through line for for the whole show where it's um basically like you need to to take care of yourself and you need to to be able to take care of yourself so that you can um do things for yourself and do things for other people and like it's the only way to succeed is through having adequate amount uh, having an adequate amount of of rest, which is very interesting it's not necessarily the um the core uh, premise, I would say, for most sort of sp- uh, what you would consider like um, sports anime, um, but like pretty much every character has has an arc kind of pertaining to this, right? Um, you have the main character, obviously. Um, you have Jutaru, um, who, um, <laughs> who has never taken a day off in his life and has really hurt himself in the process. And yeah. His process is a process of healing, and his being his becoming better at gymnastic. Uh, his becoming better at gymnastics is is also a process of healing um and a process of of rehabilitation and um like physically but also mentally and emotionally yeah um mm-hmm. then you have like leo's kind of storyline about how he he does he has been born with the talent to be uh like the world's best ballerina but not really the drive to he doesn't really see um a point to he doesn't want to um, yeah. but he kind of finds meaning in doing that anyway through watching um joe do gymnastics even yeah even after his body isn't really capable of it anymore um mm-hmm. or is, at the very least is not in his prime and so you have um it's it's a very mature show but not necessarily in a way that makes it like better than than other sports anime i would yeah. say because mm-hmm. i think like Something like Run with, uh, uh, what was it? Run with the Wind. Was that the show that was like high key but running? Yeah. Um, that show I think is is like, is like Taiso Samurai but a lot better. <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. I 
I can see honest. what you mean. Like the, the yeah. general vibe of it, yeah. The um, the vibe of it, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, because Taisa Samurai, I feel like, doesn't really know where it wants to to focus, um, I think. So it ends up feeling a little bit messy because a lot of it, um, as you said, is very kind of funny and comedic and, like, lighthearted. Um, well, at the same time, trying to make a, a point about, like, uh, sports, which is interesting um it yeah it can kind of feel a little muddied sometimes right yeah it felt like they 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 very intentionally made it um i want to say like a softer show compared to most sports anime um like they they didn't want it necessarily to just be about um focusing on being the best at the sport they wanted it to be about like familial ties and and all the stuff surrounding the sport, right? Um, right. And I'm not sure if it was because of like a lack of focus, but it didn't really. I, I can't say that it really moved me. You know, if it if yeah, you're gonna go with the emotional yeah. repo- approach, then it, it, it maybe it should be moving, right? Even uh, even shows that really do focus on the sports, like uh, like Haikyuu or or whatever, the. I feel like they emotionally impact me more than than this show did. Um, maybe that's I, a little harsh for the kind of show that it is, but yeah. I, I well, I, I okay. So sorry, excuse me. Um, gen. I think generally I agree. Um, okay. I, I I will say, as far as an emotional core goes, there is one. It just doesn't yeah. really land as as much as it as it could have. And I don't yeah, know if yeah. that was the perp like I don't know if that was the intention. Mm-hmm. Um but it certainly it feels like it should be one way or the other, right? It should be more comical or it should be more impactful. Um Yeah. Or yeah. or if it's going to try to juggle both, mm-hmm. it has to do both a little harder. It's a very like Yeah, yeah. It's a very like mellow kind of mundane show. Um right. and I think some people might like that, right? Um sure. To me, it doesn't feel like it has any like teeth, I guess. I I should say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which Again, I think some people will will like because um, it it is a slow it, a little bit sorry it's a show about kind of like slow healing and yeah. I guess you could sort of uh, intuit that through the sort of like uh, everyday shenanigans that happen in this in this household um, but it's it doesn't really feel like a lot is is ever really happening um, even kind of yeah. progression wise within the characters um, sure yeah. It it is a show that I had no problems watching, but did not particularly grab me, right? Yes, yes, I I tend to agree. Yeah, because you're like, um, oh, he did the he did the gymnastics, good, woohoo, right? You you're like, yeah, good good for you. It is like this is one of those shows that I think is a solidly good show, but it's not bad or excellent. Yes, uh, yeah, it's very middle of the road for me, and it, it is, like you said, it didn't really grab me, um, and I'm not saying that it needed to necessarily be more dramatic, right? Like, it needed to be super hilarious or super, like, intense or whatever. Uh, even a show that has a very, like, soft approach or a mellow approach uh, feels deliberate, and when it does, it feels... Um, 
you you feel absorbed in it. Yeah, um, and, and yeah. with this one, it doesn't you you still feel like kind of like a distant observer of what's happening. You you don't feel engrossed in it. I I think you're right. It just feels like there's a, like a, kind of a lack of intention. You know, it's like mm. kind of a lack of any any personal attachment to to sort of anything that's happening um yeah yeah that's that's yeah i i definitely agree I, that's how i mm-hmm. felt yeah um yeah but it's not a badly done show in in any sense of, of the word aside from like the existence of that stupid bird oh um, yeah that bird is that bird is awful terrible yeah it, it okay let, okay so the bird just feels like a huge distraction. <laughs> okay, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. If the bird was not in this show, it might have been better. It might have been a it lot better, been a better, actually. Show. Um, because it felt like just a representation of the comedic aspect that they're trying to force in, um, rather than kind of like letting the comedy just play out organically. Yeah, um, it's it's a show yeah. that was like kind of cute, but also yeah. like definitely overstayed its welcome when it introduced the bird. You're like, why is this here? Yeah, yeah. This is completely <laughs> taking me out of the entire experience. It sure it 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 I it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, uh, I yeah, it's fine. It is an easy watch if you just want something to put on in the background. But I wouldn't. It's not something that I would enjoy like paying complete and full attention to the whole time because it didn't really have much to to hold my full attention yeah i i I concur um that taisa samurai um yeah it's an okay show it's fine about like a family and a a guy um (laughs) yeah i mean the characters are likable enough and there's like kind of fun stuff that happens um yeah, I like the way that the characters were drawn. Um, yeah, the art style is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Okay, um, well, let's talk about the two things that uh, you watched that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, okay, you we'll you watched the other. Quickly. Okay, so you watched the yeah. the the newest Haiku season, but I yes. have read the manga, so yes. um, I haven't I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the second season, um. Uh, it did start out kind of rough because, you know, pandemic scheduling, but then the rest of the season was just like, uh, was, was quite good. Like, you know, you wouldn't be able to differentiate it from any of the other seasons in terms of quality. Um, there is one particular episode in this season that I felt like stood out way and above, like beyond the rest. Uh, and it felt like the emotional climax of the season. Uh, and uh, you can tell like as soon as the episode starts that it feels a little bit different and then just from, like, from beginning to end it was really really tightly written um, which uh, which match is it it's uh uh oh I mean, forgot the name of the team cause uh I, I, I've kind of forgotten where the uh, <laughs> oh, where I left um, off um, in the in the anime, uh, Inarizaki High School. Uh, it's with the twin Mia brothers. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, otherwise, like the the story is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I will say it's very funny how popular the Mia brothers become as like characters. <laughs> like they're fun. They they're they're pretty fun at the end. Um, they're they're fun characters um but they like yeah. they show up a lot more 
Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah they, uh, in the beginning, you, you, you understand why they're set up as the antagonists, because they're kind of like, uh, but um, towards the end, you become fond of their dynamic, and you're like, all right, I, I can get behind this. They're they're not total douchebags. They just kind of right. come off that way, because they really like the sport, and they're very competitive. And, yeah. And, and yeah, no, it was uh, it was a wonderful season. Um, you really kind of get, you you really start to see, especially Hinata come into his own, um, which is you know he's the emotional oh, yeah. core of the whole the whole show. Oh, or whatever, so this is this is we're, yeah. we really are entering the like high gear of high Q. Um, yeah, because uh, <laughs> having read the manga, oh boy. <laughs> There is some stuff coming. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh boy, I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait. Um, yeah, um, I will probably go back and watch the uh, the latest season. Oh, definitely. I highly recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about Oso Matsu saying? Yeah. Um. So I wasn't able to talk about it last time because I didn't watch any of it. But this time I've watched an episode of it. <laughs> um. And it's an episode. It, you know what? Yeah. We take those. You know, yeah, it's uh it was it was funny, the the first episode, which is, you know, what you would want from it. Um they make quite a few Evangelion references, which you oh, know, good. I love. <laughs> yes. Um a lot of references to um a lot of other currently popular shows like Demon Slayer. They had a Demon Slayer reference in there as well. And at some point in the episode, they had all of the voice actors for the boys appear in the show as oh. anime characters but like you know animated versions of themselves oh my god <laughs> it was it was really funny i like that bit the most i think okay that was um yeah. i didn't they do the didn't they do uh i feel like they did something very similar for the first episode of the second season did they i don't remember um, or maybe it was the first episode i don't remember anyway mm-hmm. um that's yeah. that's pretty funny I yeah. should go back and watch it. I, I enjoyed the first season, um, but I haven't really bothered to watch the second or third yet. Yeah, um, I uh, when it, when the mood strikes me, I think I'll finish the rest of this season as well. Um, yeah, second season was fun, too. Nice, yeah. nice. That's mm-hmm. good, that's good. Yep. Uh, I think that's it, right? Uh, I I believe so. I mean, I could probably sit here and talk about all the, the manga that I read, but I won't. <laughs> I mean, we have a we have a pretty pretty busy, I would say, fall uh, not fall, but a uh, winter schedule ahead of us. So um, oh, oh. that that'll be interesting. Stay tuned for that. Um, it yeah. looks like a lot of the uh, winter stuff is is going to be like sequels, but they're like big sequels, right? They're big sequels. Yes. Um, like obviously we have the second season of uh, Doctor Stone, which is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the continuation of Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's some other some other big stuff that's that's oh the final season of Attack on Titan which we're not gonna be watching because we haven't watched the previous ones but um mm-hmm. that's a huge 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 one but like yeah 2021 is uh, uh, winter 2021 is a stacked season in terms of sequels yeah I'm, <laughs> not, I'm most there's like excited. maybe like three original works that we're interested in but like most of them are yeah. sequels yeah no definitely uh I'd say the biggest one I'm interested in is Promised Neverland that's oh right that was the peak one of the peak I was like there was a, there's really another huge for. one that I'm missing yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah Promised Neverland for sure we've yeah. watched uh an episode of uh the second um season and um oh it's already we we already in it <laughs> we in it we in it now ready <laughs> yeah 
yeah, yeah. Uh, very very much looking forward to it it's gonna be a good season yeah mm-hmm. gonna gonna be a good season um of stuff that we're pretty much already acquainted with which is gonna be interesting because um <laughs> i feel like whenever we ha- we talk about sequels we usually just like kind of gloss over it like i mean it's not more much to, of the, the thing. Right, it's, 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 it's not a lot to say about this uh, unless you've already seen the the other two. So, like, what's the yeah. what's the point really? Unless there's something like really ground shattering that like, happens when you're like, oh no. Yeah, I mean, cool. we were able to pop off about Golden Kamui third season. So, <laughs> oh yeah, Golden Kamui third season was fucking wild though. So, um, you know, we'll 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 see. Uh, that sampler episode will be interesting. Um, yeah. Look forward to that. Um, I believe that is the uh, end of everything we have to talk about, though. Um, uh, we have, uh, I guess, uh, in terms of... Um, yeah, it, you know, whatever. It, we'll, we'll talk about it as, as we wrap up. Um, hmm. So, uh, what order do we do this again? Um, who are you? Where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> um... I'm Ranu, also known as Swan. You can find me on uh, Instagram at swan.drawn. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr and Twitch at swandrawn. I'm, I'm, I'm making my way through commissions because winter is apparently just commission season, and that's fine by me. I love it. We, uh, um, I guess aside from that, um, I'm still playing Monster Hunter World. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that game will ever stop for me. Um, and Animal Crossing. Ah, uh, yes, um, the never-ending games. Yes, the all these eternal games. But yeah, if you wanna um, hang out, we can chat and do art stuff together. Uh, come over to to my Friday streams. I stream nice, every Friday nice. evening. Very nice. Yep. Unfortunately, you're always streaming during my D and D time, so I can never hop in. That's all right. You know what? <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you when you when you do pop bot anyway you know and you and i um are i'm assuming resuming uh ace attorney at some point correct um, we are uh resuming this saturday if that if that works for you which uh, oh yeah is funny because that will have aired by the time this episode goes up but anyway well um anyway yes. uh soupy and i stream ace attorney together on their channel literal well, we soup do. Uh, we do. it's uh yeah. it's super fun <laughs> yeah every saturday evening <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, speaking uh, of, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me all the places at Literal Soup. That is Twitter and Twitch primarily. Um, you can see me play and suffer my brains out uh, in Dark Souls, uh, tackling the hardest <laughs> bosses just in, in the series, just over and over again until yeah. until the blood yeah. runs down my forehead. Um, you can uh, <laughs> every Saturday um, at uh, I believe. Uh oh shoot what t- what time is it it's been so long that i've forgotten it's like 8 to 10 pst i think um yes it's 10 and and 10 cst for me so okay yeah 10, 10 cst yeah. for you um so we play ace attorney um for yeah. about 2 or so hours uh, depends yeah. on how long the cases go and how long renu feels like staying awake <laughs> 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 but uh yeah if you're interested of course you're you're free to join us for that um i I absolutely love when we play Ace Attorney together. Mostly because I, I love Ace Attorney, but I also like getting to hang out with you. Um, yeah, that's always it's very fun. nice. Um, <laughs> it's very fun to, to get to voice the characters together. Yes. Um, yes. Which, <laughs> if I was doing the Ace Attorney alone, I would lose my voice in approximately oh, an hour. Me too. Yes. Yeah, it, um, <laughs> it very much uh, makes, makes it possible uh, that you're there. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, you know, 
I'm on stuff. Uh, <laughs> you can go to my website at literalsoup.com, I think. Is, is <gasps> you have URL. a website now? Well, I've had a website, but it's been uh, a WordPress site. But I finally just like went out and purchased the domain for literalsoup.com. So you can go there, and then um, that's where I host all my like writing stuff, and you know. Oh, um, that's awesome. Other than that, I've been uh, continuing on uh, trucking on along with uh, my my RPG work. Uh, if if you're interested, my my game Pyre Waltz Love is Ooh. coming again. It is a game. Um, it's a tabletop game about. Um, simulating hot-blooded mech rivalry so like <laughs> so like you know, you know like in a mecha show you have two people who definitely want to like bang but like are enemies and oh. they have to fight each other oh um, yes that Come is on, that let's is, go <laughs> yeah that's the premise for the game uh you can you yes. can find that game in the um ultimate micro rpg uh collection i'll link it in in the um uh description stuff but that's um, awesome I love it. It is a book that is uh that is out there that you can purchase and has a lot of cool games in it by a lot of cool uh indie RPG developers. Um nice. it is full of I think there's like 40 micro games in it and it's very very cool. Um if you're yeah. somebody who has, you know, uh interest in tabletop games or has, you know, played stuff like D&D but has never really played anything else, I highly recommend uh picking up the book because if you do you got like 40 different games that you can try um, nice, with varying nice, nice. amounts of people. So like maybe if you play D&D every week and you, for instance, have a week where like three people don't show up, you can play like a three player micro RPG. And it's very cool. It's like a, um, I have a copy of the book. Um, I got a contributor copy of the book. It's very cool. You can, uh, the pages are all perforated so you can actually just tear them out. Whoa. Um, and I think my game is, uh, it's like some somewhere in there. Um, I didn't do. I didn't have to do any of the layout stuff myself, but um, I wrote all the words for it, and they laid it out for me, which was very nice and cool. Um, yeah. very cool project to work on, and I'm very glad that that game is out there. Um, and um, yeah, if you have any interest whatsoever in that game, um, definitely, definitely pick up that book. Um, you know, uh, I would be, I would be honored. I would be honored uh, if you played this game. Uh, in in um, if you do play the game, please tell me about it because I I love love hearing about people playing the game. Um, that's very cool. Just delicious, yeah. tasty. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's that's everything I've been up to. Um, so time for our wrap up. Uh, so some announcements. Uh, well, we have the um the postcards ready, and I think. We have a pretty good schedule for for postcards, I think. Um, so we're basically gonna do one a year, and as long as you have at any point in the year signed up for the the postcard tier, we will send you a postcard. So yeah, um, if you feel like you want to sign up for like one month for the postcard tier, and then you're like, all right, cool, I got I got my postcard tier. Um, rest of the year is is the normal amount. Um, that is perfectly perfectly fine and. Uh, we love and respect you. <laughs> so yes, oh absolutely, and, yeah. And don't we'll, don't we'll, feel obligated. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a blast sending out these postcards. Um, yeah. I will uh, I will post a picture of what what the uh, front of it looks like for uh, yeah. for all you wonderful people who um or who are curious. Uh, and yeah, if you uh if you sign up for that tier at any point in the year, you will you will get a postcard. We will only send out one a year because um. God knows it's already a lot of work to to get one postcard. I don't. I can't imagine it, how people do this all the time. 
yeah i if i had it in me and more time i guess then i would send out more so i i will promise a minimum of one per year okay um, a minimum a minimum yeah. of one per year yeah, if, yeah. if i'm able um, to then i would like to make more designs but it's right. just yeah no it, I, that, it's, a, it's yeah. a lot of work when <laughs> does all the art and then posts the the uh, the uh, prints the postcards and they're on these like this year they're on really nice paper. They're on like <laughs> postcard, like photograph paper. Oh, it feels so good. Um, <laughs> the art is, as always, super lovely. Um, and uh, and as an added bonus, we write like a little little hand message for you uh, on the back of it. So you know, look forward to that. <laughs> look forward to that. Um, as always, you can of course uh, come hang out in our Discord server. Um, yeah, which I will. Uh, leave a link to, but I think there's also a link to it on our Twitter. Maybe I'll have to double check that. I think it's um, definitely on our Patreon. It's definitely on our Patreon, but like, um, absolutely, feel free to come by and and chat with us, um, either about the the podcast episodes that we did, um, or just in general, um, or you can just like look at all the links that I post without any context in our no context channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> It's I, it's I listen. I that's one of my favorite channels that I've I've made. There's Aww. only like three channels in the server, but that channel is great. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's that's it for the um the wrap up stuff. I I, I suppose um all all the bookkeeping. I think. Um, and on that note, uh, our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Taku Makara. Um, so thank you very much to to thank those people. You. Uh, and the patrons we are thanking. This week are Woo. Evan, Frostfall, Cheru, Magpie, Miratest, Sean, Undead, Uncanny, Claire, and Dylan. Thank you so, 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 so Thank much for you. your contributions to the yes. podcast. You keep us yeah. paying Funimation for their <laughs> just <laughs> terrible website, for their oh, god-awful website that just never fucking works. But we require it anyway so that we can watch animation without having yeah. to do the capital P piracy. Yeah, support the anime support studio. Support the anime industry. cut that they get out of the money. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much to our patrons. Um, we, we really super appreciate the support. Yes. We also appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you. for listening. Um, <laughs> here's to, I suppose, because this is technically the first podcast episode of the year, um, which kind of steals the thunder of the the january episode but i mean it's whatever that's just how it'd be uh it, it really did just be like that um but yeah it's the first episode of the um of 2021 um and we're already off to an amazing sort of uh Woo! exciting start to the year <laughs> with the potential end of american democracy um, who's who's to say what might happen in the next couple days i really really am not looking forward to it to be honest um it is a long 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 road to january 21st but as always thank you for listening and here's to a, a new year and thank you for sticking with us and we yeah. you know we've been here for three years we will be here Woo! probably for at least three more so that would be so fun <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i i want the podcast to eventually become half of the the time that we have known each other Oh my god, that would be amazing! <laughs> <laughs> and here we are in the retirement home celebrating 60 years of the Absolute Territory podcast. Can you believe that? People don't even know what Evangelion is anymore. 
Cyber Anno has just put out the 20th Shin Godzilla film. Good for him. Anyway. Um, thanks, thanks for listening. We will. See you next time. See you next time. また明日ね。